Welcome to State Bar of Michigan's On Balance Podcast, where we talk about practice management and lawyer wellness for a thriving law practice with your hosts, Joanne Hathaway and Tish Vincent, here on Legal Talk Network. Take it away, ladies. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the State Bar of Michigan's On Balance podcast on Legal Talk Network. I'm Tish Vincent. And I'm Joanne Hathaway. As we begin our programming today, we'd like to share some important information with you. The State Bar of Michigan has expanded its website to bring up-to-date information and resources pertaining to the pandemic and its effect on the membership. We encourage everyone to visit our website for daily updates and information at www.mishbar.org. A prominent link is available on the BAR's homepage to direct you to these resources. We also encourage you to follow us on our social media outlets for the latest available information from the State Bar of Michigan. We are very pleased to have Chief Justice Bridget McCormick from the Michigan Supreme Court as our guest today. We will be talking about recent developments at the Michigan Supreme Court. So, Justice McCormick, would you share some information about yourself with our listeners? Absolutely. Thank you all for having me on the podcast. I am the Chief Justice of the Michigan Supreme Court. I have been serving on the court since I was elected in 2012, and it has been my honor to work with a wonderful group of colleagues in our decision-making function, as well as our um, incredibly important administrative oversight function where we provide guidance and direction to the courts throughout the state of Michigan. Um, And it's wonderful to join both of you today. Thank you. Our first question, as this crisis has unfolded, the court has issued two orders now addressing how trial courts should be operating. Most recently, an administrative order closed all trial courts in the state to all activity except essential functions. That's a challenge in Michigan, given the decentralized system of our courts. Could you walk us through the process of making this decision on the court's end? Absolutely, and thank you for the attention to this important issue. The court issued one order on Sunday, March 15th, and another order on Wednesday, March 18th, and those followed recommendations to courts that we sent out um, the week before. Um, As I know you both know, the courts of the state are um, decentralized, um, and the Constitution charges the Michigan Supreme Court with oversight of the courts of the state. And that means that the seven justices work to provide administrative support and direction to courts throughout the state. And in times of crisis like this one, that means we have to figure out how it is that we can issue guidance, uh, direction, and even orders to the trial courts about how to do business. Um, So last weekend, as information was coming in quickly about the public health crisis we were all facing, my colleagues and I worked around the clock to issue an order to trial courts about the powers they have to get business done in this difficult time. And then a few days later, it became clear that we needed to issue an order. Um, So there was uniformity throughout the state. And so we spent most of yesterday coming up with the specific language of that emergency order. But 
of course, the top lines are we directed trial courts to make sure no more than 10 people were in any courtroom or courthouse space at any given time and to limit their functions to only the essential ones that trial courts must continue to do to protect public safety. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have advice to Michigan's lawyers at this stage of the pandemic response? Well, I think one piece of advice is to um, stay in touch with your state bar. Um, The Michigan Supreme Court, my colleagues and I very much appreciate the work the state bar is doing to keep the public and the lawyers of the state informed about the latest updates and the important role the state bar plays in providing advice to my colleagues and I and making sure that we hear and respond to the concerns of the legal profession. The bar is also a partner for us to communicate to attorneys. So we would encourage the lawyers of the state to stay in close touch with the state bar and we're grateful to the state bar. And I, I guess I would also I would also advise lawyers who have resisted becoming uh, technologically proficient to take this time to break through those hurdles, um, learn how to work remotely, learn how to meet with clients over Zoom and other means. The court's judicial education and training office is going to be providing some resources for attorneys on how to work with courts online. And I would also ask lawyers to be patient with judges and court staff as they too break through some of the some of the hurdles that they're going to have to break through and adapt to this new normal. Um, Everyone should know that at the Supreme Court Administrative Office and in our judicial training office, um, we are supporting courts as they provide more and more online technology resources to the courts of the state. I also want to thank the attorneys throughout the state, especially our public defenders who are risking their own health to make sure the rights of their clients are protected during this emergency. You know, judges and court staff and lawyers are really public servants. Um, And like the folks working in our hospitals and stocking our grocery shelves, they're all doing that and putting their own personal health at risk, and they, they deserve our gratitude. That was a long answer. I apologize. Oh, no, that's an excellent answer. What are your biggest concerns right now? You know, my biggest concerns are some of the conflicts between using technology like video conferencing and how to make sure we um, we are faithful to constitutional rights. Um, just because we have a unique crisis, that doesn't mean we can uh, the, you know, waive the Constitution. In fact, probably the opposite is true. The constitutional guarantees become even more important during a crisis, and we have to figure out how to protect the fundamental principles of our democracy while also protecting the public during this this unique um, and unprecedented crisis. Um, I think we have smart people stepping up to the plate and everybody pitching in to figure out how to do it, but that's one of the things I'm worried about. Another thing I'm worried about is the backlog that will be built up in our courts as a result of the statewide shutdowns and how we will keep pace and ultimately catch up. Technology can help and courts will, I think, do everything they can to use that technology, but they're gonna need additional resources going forward. And I worry a little bit about that. Justice McCormick, what have you seen in the last few days that can give lawyers some encouragement? Well, I will say I have seen lawyers, judges, and court staff using technology in ways, I think, because they had to, that were 
far less common <laughs> before the last few days. Um, and frankly, and pleasantly surprised with the results. Uh, just for one example, I've had to, I teach a, a class at the University of Michigan Law School. And like every other university in the state, our classes have gone online. So I taught my first seminar Tuesday night using a platform that I think is similar to Zoom, which is what our courts use. Our courts all have Zoom licenses. We use, at U of M, they use blue jeans. And I was so heartened by the students' response, how engaged they were, even though we were all virtually meeting, how well the class went, um, and frankly, the opportunity that I saw for people who would have been resistant to learn new tricks. You know, some of us old dogs are reluctant to learn new tricks, but now we're being forced to. And I thought, wow, if there's a silver lining here, it's that we're going to learn a whole lot about what we can do differently and therefore better, even after the public health crisis abates. Um, so that's given me a lot of encouragement, what I'm seeing from lawyers, judges, and especially law students who are going to be our future lawyers. It's exciting, that part of it. It is. What do you see as a way that lawyers can help in this crisis? Well, you know, lawyers are going to be strained during this crisis. Their clients are going to be under unbelievable pressure. Businesses, obviously, healthcare centers. Um, think about all of the people who need lawyers and the unique crises and stresses and tensions they'll be facing. And lawyers, therefore, will be helping them through all of that. And at the same time, helping and being patient with and helping courts figure out how we can navigate uh, this new normal. And lawyers sometimes have information that judges don't about ways we can get things done to confront the unique challenges we're confronting. And so I would encourage lawyers to use this really unprecedented moment to not be shy about their ideas. Um, we kind of have to view this as something we're all in together. And lawyers can help us with innovation and ideas that we wouldn't come up with on our own. So I think lawyers have a, have a great role to play at the same, you know, and on top of that, sort of the basic human things, be kind, be patient, understand how uh, if somebody is short or impatient with you, there's probably a stress situation that explains that, you know, we can all, we can all do with a little extra patience and kindness right now. The State Bar welcomes another recent order from the court, this one about the mental health questions on the Michigan Bar exam application. For those who haven't heard, beginning with the February 2021 exam, applicants will see a different question about mental health than they have in the past. Could you explain to our listeners what those changes are and why they're so important? Yes, the court issued an order yesterday as well, busy day yesterday, um, <laughs> changing the questions on the character and fitness section of the bar exam instead of the diagnosis-based questions that the application used to ask. Now they will only be asked if any conduct or behavior in the past five years could call into question their ability to practice law properly. You know, applicants shouldn't be asked, we shouldn't be asking people, law students, soon-to-be lawyers, unfocused questions based on generalizations and misconceptions about mental health. Questions about past diagnosis have the unintentional effect of deterring lawyers, new lawyers, aspiring lawyers, from, from seeking assistance. Um, we all know that law school is stressful. Frankly, undergraduate 
programs are also stressful. As somebody who has two kids in college right now and two who just graduated, I am very familiar with the difficult uh, anxiety and mental health time that, that our young people are facing. And the idea that our the questions on our bar exam would discourage students from seeking treatment, seeking help, is unacceptable. Um, so, so we uh, we got rid of those questions, and we hope this is a contribution to uh, destigmatizing people getting help for mental health conditions, and we hope um, it encourages students in law school and undergraduate to do exactly that. Yes, I I think that it will. I was very pleased to see this order last night. As the director of Michigan's Lawyers Assistance Program, I have seen the chilling effect that those questions sometimes have. They certainly don't always have, but I think this is a huge step in the right direction to help our law students and new lawyers and lawyers who've been at it for a long time to place an emphasis on their own mental health and well-being without a fear of having to disclose all of that when they apply for admission to the state bar. I mean, as you know, it's, I mean, it's not, in my view, it's, it's counterproductive. I mean, the, it penalizes only the students who get help, right? I mean, it, it, yes. it doesn't, it, it's not really a, it's not a great test. And uh, we want to encourage students, law students and undergraduate students to get the help they need when they need it. Yes. And this gives that message that it's most important to get the help. And Absolutely. so I think we'll see huge changes um, in Michigan and many other jurisdictions are changing those questions also. So that's exciting. Yeah, I've lost track of the number, but I know uh, more and more jurisdictions are, are making this same move. Um, I don't know exactly where we fall in line with those, but it was, uh, it was time for us to do it. Yes. Well, thank you. You bet. Well, it looks like we've come to the end of our show. We'd like to thank our guests today, Chief Justice McCormick, for a wonderful program. Justice McCormick, if our listeners would like to follow up with you, how can they reach you? Well, first of all, I want them to go to courts.michigan.gov to get all of the latest information about the court's response to this public health crisis. And they can also find me through that same website and my colleagues and all kinds of other resources about the Michigan Supreme Court and the courts of the state. Thank you, Justice McCormick. Thank you. This has been another edition of the State Bar of Michigan On Balance podcast. I'm Joanne Hathaway. And I'm Tish Vincent. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the State Bar of Michigan On Balance podcast. Brought to you by the State Bar of Michigan and produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com, subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS, find the State Bar of Michigan and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download Legal Talk Network's free app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network or the State Bar of Michigan or their respective officers, directors, employees, 
agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.